High Fireball. Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm trying to do a different uh, one because I realised the last couple of podcasts I was uh, do, using my same voice. So. Uh, your same voice. <laughs> my, same, my same promotional voice. And I'm, I'm trying to get into you know, doing different Fireball uh, voices. Because we are Real Life Rockstars podcast and we are fuelled by Fireball UK. This is very true. Best served ice cold because it is a definite hot shot. But there is, you can cook with it as well now. I, I've, I've seen on the uh, social medias that um, there's there's like a cookbook for uh, cinnamon whiskey. I'm definitely going to definitely give some of that um, a, a good go. Yeah, yeah. A good go. Not yeah. It'd be so, hot, spicy, just what you want for the winter, really. I guess like exactly. Halloween coming up. That's going to be all over our social media. Check out well, Halloween or Fireball. <laughs> Both. Both, we love both. Um, it's one for us and one for our homies. <laughs> <laughs> Tip it out over the laptop. <laughs> so if you do want to see um, what we do, because uh, we are a radio show, he is Mike James, I am Dan Steer. Um, <laughs> yes. And we uh, have been the Mike James Rock Show for uh, about 12 years. Um, and uh, if you're just discovering us through the podcast, go over and check us out on various social medias. Our handles on Twitter is uh, at 3 mjs He's oh that Mike James. I'm Devin Dan. Oh, and then that Mike James. On... <laughs> oh, not that... not oh as in like the Irish way, but oh as in oh that Mike James. Uh, oh yeah, that Mike James. Um, and then on Insta, his handle's the same. My handle's the same. But the show is at Mike James Rock Show. So we are Dan and Mike doing real life rock stars podcast, and we've got a doozy for you this uh, episode. I like the way you say handle instead of knob. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, my, my internet knob is Dan's. <laughs> Dan, 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 actually, that's fairly accurate. That is fairly accurate. So I'm going to take a slight um, uh, note because, uh, you know, we, uh, we've got a section of what we've been up to. We tried doing this a little bit on the show and we are doing a little bit of shout out to uh, um, Straight Out of Popcorn going a little bit down their route because we have both seen the Joker. Yeah, that oh, was cool. And for us, because we're both massive um, sort of... Mental cases? Uh, that too. <laughs> and uh, we follow sort of... Mike's more of a DC Batman and Joker sort of brand follower. What gave it away? The leg tattoo covered in Batman Or logos. the various things in your flat that have Batman logos on them. Or the uh, mm. US import flat peak that uh, yeah. a very nice person bought you for your birthday. That was amazing, wasn't it? And uh, I'm more <laughs> Marvel, uh, apart from... Uh, uh, occasionally I wear DC Converse's. But no, um, I digress. We're both nerds, essentially. Um, and we managed to get to see the Joker before the internet spoiled it for both of us. Um, and that is an incredible movie. It is. Kudos to everyone involved, so, man. That was... Stunning. Full on. It's we'll one of those where I, I, could, I could go again and watch it. But oh. I, don't want, I don't want to pay that much again. For no, it. no. I've got theories already that I want to road uh, uh, test on there. We're not going to do too many spoilers on that because we're not branding ourselves as a film uh, uh, podcast for those who are not wanting that to be spoiled. But well, it's just because we didn't go and see any live music. This is very true. But anybody that is um, sort of into you know either DC or Marvel products, but also likes a good social commentary, a good insight to true mental health, this this film covers absolutely everything. Like me and Mike, uh, what is a good hour that we were discussing it the other day, and we didn't get bored of uh, mm, uh, going over the storyline. So that's largely something that we've been up to uh, this week. Um, 
Yeah, I have apologies to make for anybody that was expecting this to come out a little bit sooner. I have been absolutely rammed in my personal life. I am not going to bore you with the details. Um, but um, that's the, what he said. <laughs> one of the cool things I have managed to do is I managed to uh, reset up my home office for both the podcast and the rock show. So um, it means that we shouldn't be doing um, too long in between but we have decided to switch our launch day haven't we of the podcast yes Sunday just during the week it's just a bit too busy to uh, get us both together in time to do Everything. A, a recording and an edit and a posting online and schedule and all that kind of stuff so whereas we're already mm. um, sort of sat here holding each other's uh, <clears throat> uh, dicks uh, on a Sunday um, anyway because it's our work day so we're now going to be launching so that we can uh, maintain a more reliable day of this coming out so it kind of works yes Sunday evenings I think exactly. it's a good time to find a new podcast you can save it and or download it and listen to it on your way to work the following morning so exactly. the main platforms are Spotify on iTunes. Don't know what's going on with that at the moment. Mm, mm. Um, Acast and uh, what's it one? Mix uh, SoundCloud. Yeah. Mixcloud where I listen again. It's just if you're on the apps. <laughs> so that's moving. The, that's the business end done. Moving on to stuff that uh, we've also been up to recently. Um, drinking Fireball. Yeah. Dr- <laughs> drinking Fireball. No. Um, one sort of either genre-ish if you've been doing lots of playlists, or one band that you've been listening to, and one podcast that you've been listening to recently. Oh, me? Yeah, I can do the same. Well, I've, I haven't really, I've, I've been really busy, so I haven't really listened to a lot. But what I have done is now that the hype has all died down on a few albums, I've gone and gone back and revisited them. Okay, so what albums have you gone back and revisited? Uh, the Tall album. All right. Because it's been a few weeks, everyone's kind of like lost the hype on it now, so it's now time to go back and revisit and see if it does actually stand up to my standards or if it is just a case of oh yeah that was a lot of hype and everyone was like hyping it at the time kind of thing so how are you sitting on that yeah, one yeah it's good yeah it'll be in my top, happy with that it'll one? be in my top 10 albums of the year i think nice very nice i did the same with slipknot as well yeah which is uh it's ferocious yeah that's the word to put to, put to it for me if i was to do a, a, a written review it would be one word Full ferocious dis- full disclosure still haven't sat down and actually listened to the Slipknot album in full because like you I've been absolutely rammed with uh, stuff to do um, so I've not had the time to put in that I normally do and I've already given them like sort of a, a quick shout out at the start but um, the, po- the only podcast I've actually managed to listen to in the last couple of weeks has been uh, The Wedding Singer uh, uh, one by Straight Outta Popcorn we've, we're in love with this podcast because we both love films um, but these guys are seriously funny and you know they've got a, um, a lovely amount of banter as well um, but yeah they did a really funny uh, podcast about the wedding singer by Adam Sandler so that's been the one which uh, I listened to yeah straight out of popcorn I've been listening to the Jason and OC podcast okay which is the uh, well, I guess it's the BBC sponsored NFL podcast yeah Along with the Patriot podcast, because if you haven't can't tell, I'm a big Patriots fan. You are a massive Patriots fan, and I should actually sat get here the, with the jersey on. Wow. Get the name of. I, uh, I also like. I try and pick up on as many um, Life in the Stocks ones as I can, um, but the other sort of ones that I've been listening to this week have been Talk Is Jericho. I do like Talk Is Jericho. Okay. Um, and our, our old shout out being um, the Jasta show. I still uh, 
still trying to get a little bit of um, time in for those. Um, so band-wise, because you said uh, you gave a couple, so um, yeah, Tall and Slipknot. I've just gone back and revisited them just to see if they, yeah, are what they say they're going to be or what were. But once the hype's died down, it's Fair. like it's like going like going see the Joker again in a few weeks' time. Exactly, and um, when and when everybody stopped talking about it, or or actually, you know, you should be able to find it online in a few weeks. Oh, controversial! <laughs> I don't, I'm not advocating uh, that at all. <coughs> Torrenting. Excuse um, me. Right, so. My music has been, um, I got into Off the Back of Our Show, Alaska, um, oh. and checked out their back catalogue. Um, Norman D released a cover version of Share Believe. Um, <laughs> With the Vakoda? Um, well, he doesn't need it because his range is quite similar to like the original range that she's singing in. It's actually but she's, a... she sings him with the Vakoda, though, she? She does, in that one, for sure. But this is actually quite an interesting cover. I quite enjoy it. Uh, but they've had to put like cover version after it because Normandy have a track called Believe, which is one of their more popular ones. But, <laughs> um, only other thing I can really give a shout out to uh, that is new, and um, rather than me just repeating the same things over and over, um, is Dayseeker. Also picked up Dayseeker off for the back of our radio show and been enjoying getting into their back catalogue. Apart from that, uh, whilst I've been at work, I've been jumping back into some old albums for like just one time listens. So. I did Node by Lawflame, um, Feel the Power by Blessed by a Broken Heart, um, and to be honest, um, the only other thing I've really listened to is the same thing I said before, Azalea Dying, uh, Shaped by Fire the album, and Imminence Done Light On, because I'm still obsessing about in Imminence. New favourite band! New favourite band! That never happens to me! <sighs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Have we got any shout-outs? Um, I've got a few. Um, so, on the house music is um, starting to branch out into doing some very, very uh, sexy and exciting events in our local area, meet and greets uh, for industry personnel to meet bands. Um, we talked a lot with them um, about the launch of this podcast and what they do, and at some point we might get Marcus on to uh, sort of talk about some of his uh, stuff if... Uh, it lines up but we don't want to take away from on the house as a, a thing because they're you know they're an independent like us um, and doing a very similar ethos where they want to support um, you know everybody around them so shout out to Marcus Osborne and on the house music go check them out uh, shout out to our uh, photographer uh, Martha F photo um, kicking butt getting loads of um, contracts at the moment but the reason I want to shout her out is because um, she, she's taking me as her plus one to Lindsay Sterling so I am like the happiest person in the world because um, I get to tick that one off the list um, cool. but go check her out on social media if you need a photographer this kind of put us on to um, just shouting out the people that have helped us with this podcast because um, Martha does this every week for us with uh, some of our artwork has taken most of our photos um, and Ryan Harford um, is our designer and he's um, off the back of doing our um, logo for this and is also uh, gonna um, do somewhat of a, a slickening of all of our logos because he quite likes everything that we do um, and as uh, I said that would uh, be quite in line with his university um, stuff so check him out he is a bit limited on the stuff that he can take on but if he likes what uh, you do then he'll work with you um, then I believe it's your shout out for uh, one of our 
long-term listeners by the yeah, the name of uh, you've got the, you've got the list it's claire oh yeah yeah i'm uh, just sending out some big love at the moment massive massive love to you claire um you know why so massive love to you um two long-standing listeners being greg of greg does art on instagram and luke of mr sandman games on twitch uh we are fleshing out the plans to do a little collab with him on something that we think you guys will really enjoy but that's not uh, not for a while because we've got quite a lot to launch, haven't we? We're just going to sit there with a strobe light on and twitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, one last shout out for somebody that has helped us um, get to where we are with this podcast is Charlie Bowes of Seething Akira for making our intro. What a legend. And he's doing such positive things with... Because um, he's uh, doing all the uh, charity boxing, isn't he, uh, at the moment? I, I don't know. Him and his partner. Um, I don't have it um, straight in front of me, but that is uh, what I've uh, noticed. And uh, obviously, seething Akira, we've always uh, had a massive like for anyway. Bromance, I think. Oh, like. completely. Just 100, liking. One hundred percent bromance of uh, of those guys. A so. Mutual appreciation of beard tickling. <laughs> <laughs> he is a he is a stunning ginger. Absolutely stunning ginger. He's a gorgeous man. Yeah. So uh, that's our shout outs for the week. Um, we and should get a little jingle. Shout out of the week. Yeah, no, uh, we no. Sh- no. Uh, to be <laughs> fair, we've we've always like apart from having a decent intro to something, we've kind of stayed away from jingo, uh, jingos, Django. jingos, um, jingles, Django. Uh, well, I'd like to play Django, but I'm not sure that would be the most exciting thing for a yeah. podcast. Just a lot of oh, oh, ooh. It's like listening to the radio of a of a firework display. Yeah. Ooh. Ah. With the occasional... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bang! <laughs> so, what are we doing this week? What is our podcast? Um, this week we are going back down the same lines as episode two, um, but with a different PR. So this is where we're doing um, a bit more discussions with PRs. Um, and as I said at the start of this um, interview, is to try and shine a light on um, what bands should be expecting from PRs, what they're there to do, um, and various things. So this week we have Hannah and Matt of Hold Tight PR. Mm. Uh, we've worked like these guys took uh, like. Uh, well, they one. They're, they're part of the team at Hold Tight. PR. Yes, sorry, they're part. They're of not the, all of it. No, I, I just meant of Hold Tight PR. Uh, okay. um, so they're uh, part of the team there. But these guys, Hold Tight, um, and particularly the two that came on the podcast, have been supporting us for so long now. I can't remember a time of not working with them. To be honest. Um, hmm. No, I can't either. Um, and they've always like um, these these guys are like what I would say is true true friends of the industry. Like yeah. when when we've had some low times, they've been there to uh, like sort of uh, buoy us up. We've helped them through difficult festivals when they've got like a manic schedule and uh, they need somebody that will suddenly uh, ditch their interview time and move it three hours in the future or something like that. And we've always we'll, loved. We'll bring it, it forwards because they want to go and watch the band. The, the band want the hundred percent. Yeah, the band want to go see a band. <laughs> or even if they do, we're like, we are more than happy doing that to um, help them because. Or can you interview our band? But then can you just go and pass them on to Seven So because we're going off to watch. <laughs> and, and we've done that many a time because again they they've moved interviews so that we can go and watch stuff yeah. um, ourselves. This they, that's why I say that these guys are definitely definitely friends. Much like um, Emma was on episode two, mm. um, PRs generally are with us. Like we love working with them. We love 
problem solving with them when we're on site at festivals um, because you know if you don't have each other's backs, what's actually the point in doing this? Exactly. Um, but this this one's very different to the PR one in episode two because yes. Emma was very much huge, huge bands like Deftones and uh, Mastodon and being involved with Linkin Park, which is what we wanted at the start of our journey in this podcast is to mm. hit it hard and, you know, almost like get those big names in yeah. within the industry. But this is more, yeah, not that, not to discourage these guys, but Matt and Emma, uh, Matt and Emma, Matt and Hannah look after the bands that you are seeing now sort of bubbling up and doing your local circuits and things like that. Yeah. Well, interestingly enough, because obviously we've listened back, and I, this really, really stuck with me uh, when uh, the interview happened is the reason why they're not going to be offended by us putting it this way is because Matt takes his own advice of know your place. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, not in an aggressive sense, and um, he even explains it's a life ethos, is they, they're quite happy with what they do. You know, Hold Tight represents bands that keep the people that are in the company interested, and that's what well, made they, this yeah. so exciting. They're, they're, they're kind of like the the first stop PR, so they develop the bands mm. and then send, go, them, send them on once they get, you know, because it, it, we bring it up in this podcast, slight spoilers, but we talk, they, they used to work with Sleep Token. Yes. And we won't spoil the conversation, but Sleep Token now uh, have been signed and have an in-house PR with, with that record label, which is awesome and loving the new Sleep Token stuff. Oh, But it's, sure. it's just interesting, you know, that's just one of the bands that Hold Tight have worked with and developed and then we did, we stay with the band as they move to a different PR because they've got signed and stuff. So and they are the developer of, of PRs and brands for bands as, as they really start to make it from being a local, you know, locally famous, regional famous type bands to then trying to break it onto the national scene and touring all the time. But and stuff. Even, even with, um, like, cause the thing I love about this one is we really get them to break down sort of uh, some stuff. Um, and even if you're not even like locally or regionally famous, but you've got a bit of an idea, you've got the ability to pay for a PR campaign through somebody like Hold Tight PR. And what they actually say is they, um, you know, uh, contact them and we explain why in the interview, um, what the point is. I mean, I, one of the things I remember doing, um, and it was particularly uh, clear when we did the review for recording this, is I really hammered them on drilling down on some details for bands. So we've got like a minimum time uh, that they, a PR company would need. Um, you know what stage you need to be at to have a conversation with them mm. and like various things like this and like the way which we started it uh, was these guys you know when we were thinking about doing a podcast and we were talking to people about whether they thought it'd be good as they actually did say it's like so you're basically just looking to record and put on air the conversations that we've had for years pretty this, much <laughs> this is the whole point like with, with absolutely no sort of criticism of people that don't know uh, the advice that we're looking to get out there is we wanted to give people a vehicle to understand what PRs are for and like, mm. time it into what they're doing and things like that. So the, I really do like drill down on some details within this one to give some answers for bands rather than just purely a conversation. But um, <laughs> as we say, as we um, at the very start, is not what are your pet peeves, but what's your wish list of working with a band instead <laughs> to keep it nice and positive. Um, and uh, yeah, so this is a little bit like an extension of the press kits one that we've done and a little bit going yeah, down so like, well. like the teaching lines and stuff like that. Um, and again, guys, like anybody that's listening to this that um, listens to the entire interview and we've, we've missed something, like we've, we've gone and ballsed it up and we've not clarified something that you really need us to clarify, 
Hit us up on uh, Twitter at TweetGMJRS or if Instagram is your bag, is at my James Rock Show. The direct email for this podcast is realliferockstarspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also hit us up through the contact form on our website if that's the best way for you, which is mikejamesrockshow.com and contact us. Anyway, as we always state, it's me and Mike sat at the end of, um, like, on all inboxes. So if we're missing something, then you really want a question answered that we've we've circled around, we've come close to answering, but you don't, and you just need us to answer it. Get involved. Let us know. We want to answer your questions. We've got plenty of stuff to work through ourselves, but hit us up if there's stuff that we've missed. Rather than thinking, like, oh, well, it's not there, they're, they're not going to cover it. Tell us to cover it, tell us to give you an answer, and we'll work it into the next podcast, mm. or work it into the next PR interview that we uh, have got on uh, other books. Because, again, you know, it's all about finding out the way that different people do stuff and giving you guys that information so that you can make a success of what you're doing without essentially wasting your money. You know, that's the whole point of this, is... We got helped. Nice one. We got helped, as you can probably tell from uh, the Matt Stocks podcast that we did. We got helped yeah. in uh, what we're doing. We've always had help, and we've never denied that. And we want to pass that on as much as possible. We just can't fit it into the amount of it that we can uh, are allowed to talk on the radio show without playing less music. <laughs> yeah, the radio show is predominantly just for music, and to it's there to support other people. And mm. um, if you are interested in listening to that, we go out on. Hard Rock Hell Radio on Sundays at 1pm. That may change if you're going back listening, so check our social media. Uh, we are, I'll let you do the American times because you remember them better than I do. 10pm EST um, so on a Wednesday night, for our American which is about 3am UK time. Mm. <laughs> um, but you can listen anytime, anywhere, either just through a desktop um, like webpage or mixcloud.com or if you have a Mixcloud app, all you need to do is search Mike James Rock Show. And get the notification things. Yeah. We're, we're working it now so that the listen again will be up by sort of Sunday afternoon. Yeah, so we go out on our sort of main UK station, which is Hard Rock Hell Radio. Massive shout out to the Hard Rock Hell brand. We've um, <laughs> got a TV, a magazine, a radio station. There's a, an, an app that links it all together. Over a as dozen. Well set out festivals yeah and of different genres as well so go and check these guys out we <coughs> still would... no metalcore though <laughs> we, as with the brands that we like to represent we wouldn't be representing them if we didn't like what they did um, and talking about sellout stuff just a massive shout out to uh, Fireball for their tour yeah um, and how man. that's going at the moment good Christ that was stand up awesome and it looks like Stocksy's <laughs> been having an absolute blast as well um, he's our podcast uh, buddy uh, Life in the Stocks uh, but he also does DJing for things like the Fireball Tour. Yes. Um, and just the pit, like the one picture that he's managed to get of it, um, I think he was crowd surfing in between uh, bands and saying, like, no, did, like, no show do you ever normally have crowd surfing in between uh, bands, but that's just the type of crazy thing that happens when you are allowed to <laughs> when compare. When you're fueled it with Fireball. Well, also when you're allowed to compare in between stuff so that the entire thing is an experience mm. rather than anything else. Not that we criticise anybody that just pops on a playlist, fair play. But Matt really shows why you should get a DJ to uh, do in between. I've been saying it for years. So, and Matt's showing the example. Uh, but mm. I believe that you know you guys had have had that conversation at more than one festival. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and I remember the time that at Takedown I was doing all the interviews years ago because you were comparing the stage. Um, I even filled in for Hacktivist yes. who uh, had to. Uh, 
And you were getting people bouncing in the in-between stuff. Yeah, um, so stuff keep that the party about. vibes going. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, any any promoters out there, um, if you have local um, like club nights that um, you know are used to DJing, maybe ask them to uh, fill in on your local club nights so that you're getting a good buzz across the, the, uh, the entire night. Or if you're a touring DJ, look at what DJs are available to compare your night. They probably want to go out on tour with you. So let's all combine forces, yo. And collaborate man yeah it's oh and have you seen that collaborations like i think we've talked about it enough because now collaborations are becoming a lot more rife like band like three bands i can't remember which ones are working together but i was like oh they're doing a collaboration the three of them that is just what we've been saying people should do for years mm. take the hip-hop and uh, uh dance model to rock and metal and make it work that's it man shall we uh get on and do this interview then with, i think uh, we probably should Matt and Hannah of Hold Tight PR. Because I think we've picked it up enough, really. So yeah. I should, uh, I should press the play button. This has been fueled by Fireball. Real life rock stars podcast. Um, so we are doing a uh, another podcast at a festival, mm-hmm. and this time, well, we're going to get them to introduce themselves because uh, I understand you guys talk anyway on uh, your own one. Yeah, well, sometimes I don't shut up. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm uh, Matt from Hold Tight PR, and. And I'm Hannah from Hold Type PR. Yay! Yeah. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. And we're, we're here um, to have a natter. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially what we've uh, um, said to other people is we're actually just trying to put on record the conversations that we've been having for years anyway. Sure, sure. Um, and me and Mike were talking about this one, like, right, have some form of structure and try and you know, work out what we're doing. <laughs> um, so the, the thing that we wanted to talk to you as being PRs mm. is um, sort of in a vague sense, um, what rather than pet peeves of uh, what you wish bands uh, would do before contacting you, what's your wish list? Because we figured that's a, that's a more positive way of putting it. Is um, one thing that we found, even of quite experienced bands, is sometimes they don't yeah. quite understand what they're getting you guys to do. Yeah. What I, the whole role of you are. Yeah. Oh, that's, where do we begin? Um, I think uh, not. I can't name any names, but it's, we are working with a relatively notable musician at the moment and it's quite remarkable the things that he doesn't know I think because um, he's been managed all his career now that it's uh, you know working with him in a one-to-one basis there's a certain amount of you know we need to point him in certain directions so say we're coordinating a premiere and making sure one of his tracks is going live on I don't know like Kerrang or something how we actually just make sure we get what we need from him in the first place um, and it's it's great that we, you know we have that direct relationship. We don't have to go through all these um, you know these, these these layers and barriers. But yeah, it's 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 remarkable. Like I think top of my wish list is just a band who have already enough kind of experience and now to kind of use their initiative and not have us chase them for things. I guess that would be my my first point. That's quite quite. A, quite a broad point but <laughs> we, that's we a starter yeah we found that yeah bands seem to think that prs are content providers yeah and we can we can be at times but only definitely want to see more pictures of you yeah, okay. <laughs> i think only after we've um already gone through a certain amount and we, you know i guess we built the relationship already i think being content providers only comes with a certain amount of i guess us then starting to give back a bit more. I think the, the perfect way to begin working with a band is basically, you know, is us saying, this is basically what we need from you, but just give us as much as possible and, and tell us stuff. You know, you wouldn't believe the amount of times, you know, we work with the band and 
or management or a label and, and then they I don't know they announce at all and we haven't been told in advance it's like where is where is your sense of bigger picture I think that's what it comes down to it's okay. like having a sense of bigger picture and, and realizing that like we can't just magic stuff out of nothing we all need to be told the same things at the same time and yeah and it gives you stuff to work with when approaching people servicing mm. them up to like, get them noticed yeah exactly is, um, if you're just trying to get a I don't know like a music video noticed and they haven't told you about a tour or yep. some of the other interesting stuff about them it's hard to sell just yeah. a music video absolutely absolutely and I guess that's similar for radio as well yeah, definitely. Um, the top of my wish list for radio is a clean edit of a track. Oh, yes. <laughs> you will not believe how many times I get sent a track um, and then I get sent the lyrics like, you know, three weeks later, just so I'm about to service it and it has an F-bomb or whatever in it. And <laughs> um, and yeah, it's something that a lot of bands just don't think about. Like they just, you know, write the songs, they record the songs, and they send the track over. And do you think that's because uh, more modern day bands are more in tune with like internet broadcasting, where the licenses are different? Whereas for ourselves, we, yeah, we're on internet stations, yeah. but we're also on FM. So our internet stations kind of look at us going like they're rather clean cut and don't swear themselves and you see some presenters not you know as well as bands lyrics as well they are full of cuss words because they've all grown up listening to streaming services yeah. where there's, there's no real offcom or anything like Absolutely. that governing those kind of things yeah and um yeah it's like well I, I can't pitch you to national or regional radio if if you have a swear word in your song and you know, then sometimes we have to make the edit ourselves because uh, they don't have the time, or whatever. And then it's not as like you know professional. So I, I, I do love those Hannah remixes we get. <laughs> we, we've occasionally got a, a Mike remix where we've liked the song so much that he's taken my, my, my remix of uh, Frank Carter's "I Hate You." It <laughs> was amazing. It was just it. three minutes of silence. <laughs> I just spun the words backwards. It sounded like some sort of weird German Gabba track with Frank sort of rapping over the top of it. Some would say an improvement. <laughs> oh, we love Frank on our show. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. So do I. I think, I think, I I agree with your point about internet broadcasting, but I think also because it's not even midday and I'm feeling quite grumpy. Like, <laughs> I I would be a bit harsher. I think I think it's because sometimes bands just don't think that they have to think about that sort of thing. Yeah. It's more yeah. like they just write a track and then they're like, cool, go do your thing. And it's like, we, we can, but <laughs> we can do our thing a lot less. Well, um, the thing which we try and explain, because obviously mm. our bands do approach us from time to time and being FM, um, like it's where we record basically. Yeah. So we have to make everything go to that standard. Yeah. Um, and the thing that we say to our people, it's like, well, you're, you're cutting away our internet stations by yeah. not adhering to the FM so yeah. whilst our numbers do sit on our syndication mm. um, we don't do badly on our own um, FM station but it's the syndication that gets us yeah. in, which isn't explicit we have that rule yeah. like that's something that's specific to us yeah. um, and you may as well and it's what we sell bands is you may as well try and tick the list which just, just one person help yourselves as yeah. much as you can especially when you're a small band or a, a young band or a new band you know just there's no reason to not give yourself as much ammunition as possible. I think it's that simple. You, um, you've dealt with bands that have um, got longevity, been away for some mm. time, and then come back, Yep. maybe after like a five-year break, which mm. in real terms for bands is, is not a long time, but in the music industry at the moment, it's, oh, yeah, it's a lifetime. five months is a complete change in how you get things out there, how yep. people listen and consume what you're, you're um, getting out there. Do you have to educate those more established bands? I'm thinking there's, there's, there's a couple that... Yeah. Bit no, maybe not as computer savvy and internet savvy Definitely. Uh, as some of the other um, ones. <laughs> a band that we uh, we 
didn't really work with, but they did talk to us um, years and years ago. They said they were big in the early 90s, so, you know, an actual lifetime ago. And they said, <laughs> yeah. and they said, oh, yeah, well, we got 5K in Kerrang. And we were like, well, you're not going to get in Kerrang anymore. Have you, have you read Kerrang? <laughs> and then we have other bands who, you know, they send us stuff saying, oh, yeah, we'd love to get in Terrorizer. And Terrorizer hasn't been around for, you know, what, like 12 months. Yeah. And it's, it's just... So you ha you do have to educate them, and then it's more subtle things like saying, "Yeah, no, you are. You do have a you know a, a I don't know a relatively good say metalcore sound, but metalcore isn't quite as hot in X Y Z mag right now. Or you know you might think that you're prog, but you're not going to fit in prog mag because you're not their conception of prog." Um, well, one thing which I found on that front was I was mm -hmm. chatting to a local band the other day, which are metalcore. They're like, "Well, what would you dare recommend for us to do now to like really sell the launch?" This yeah. was on top of the launch actually happening. Yeah. Oh. Um, I imagine you guys would probably like people to approach you with enough time to put together a campaign oh as well. Oh my god. <laughs> I just uh, remind It myself sounds so simple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what would... Okay. But let's clarify because that's the point mm, of yes. this. Is yeah, how yeah, much good time point. would you like before um, a launch to be able to put one together? What's yeah, your that's idea? That's a good question. Um, the most basic answer is as much time as possible. Um, for So I, I work in print and online. Um, for print, you basically you have to obviously adhere to the idea that print magazines, they actually have deadlines and they yeah. actually have a certain amount of physical space that they have to fill. Once that space is gone, that's it. Um, print, generally, uh, we ask for about 8 to 12 weeks prior to release. Yep, so say, you know, say you're releasing your album early September, we'd be looking at August, July. I would like to start June, early June. Um, 10 weeks is, is a perfect sort of, you know, median occasionally you know we can sneak things in quicker but uh, we don't ask for that because we 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 have to like to give ourselves as much time as possible well it's your reputation when you're approaching the magazines that yeah. you're trying to get this if you're trying to sneak something through at the last minute i mean yeah. there are people out there that will do that for you yep namely us yeah um yeah. as because but we understand what it's yeah, like and but we don't want to over rely on it and we don't want to over rely on you and ask too many favors of you or other people like you because then that's that's how I think relationships get a bit strained. You know, it's everyone just looking out for themselves. And yeah. Well, that's why we've uh, tried to be a community, not a competition, with uh, the people that we work next to. Uh, like you see enough people out at festival areas. Yeah. Um, but going back to the knowledge thing, because I distracted yes. myself. No, no, no. no. I wanted to, uh, so the the nature question. of a conversation. <laughs> um, was, um, so I was talking to this local band about mm. what they should do with their first year because the, the launch was already happening. And I was like, well, you can't get PR for it now. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That's done and dusted. I was like, but you can potentially still get PR for music video releases. Yeah. Any any new content, yeah, basically. quirky content. So when we worked with a band before, they did a really good cover with a really good homemade video because they're mm. quite funny guys. Yep. And that ended up being content uh, that the PR we used for them uh, put them out on. But what I said to the guys about um, sort of uh, getting them to realize what a knowledgeable opinion of the industry can give. I was like, well, you need to go and play Bloodstock and Tech Fest. Yep. Like, we're a metalcore band. I'm not going to Bloodstock or Tech Fest. I was like... Mm. I go to every festival press area mm. every year. And I was mm. like, you ask me for my opinion. Yep. I, he's like, well, why? He's like, Bloodstock's not for me. I was like, every stage apart from the main stage is metalcore based yep. now. I mean, look I who's headlining like, this year. Mm. Like, exactly. exactly. But it's also, I was like, you do realize that's who, how you meet bands across the well, entire country. Yeah, this goes back to the wish list thing. The best bands we work with are the bands that are most open-minded and best at networking themselves. Yeah just nice people who are keen to just go out there and talk to people and and if they're a newer band just going and playing every single show yeah. because when you are a brand new band I, I do feel like fully believe that playing every show you can and just making the most opportunities is important and then when you get to a certain step like the next level up you can start to say no to things 
and then the next level up, I guess, is you start to dictate your own terms. But um, well, nobody actually yeah. um, knows that uh, pattern, like mm. that sort of uh, progression. A yeah. lot of people, because there is a lot of confusion now. Do you go out bold and pretend like you're? I take uh, Fever three three three. They do no press, mm. and we love it, even mm. though though we're the ones that don't get to talk to them. Yeah. We love it because it means that everything, all the impression of that band is given by their music and their performance, which yeah. is fantastic for the type of music they're releasing. Which is strange considering they're a protest band. You'd think they want to get their message out to everyone. Yep. Yeah. As a side note. I, I think actually on that one, um, they just they, they want the music to be the only impression and that everybody just gets inspired off of it. But mm. you're right, we say to bands, it's not just going to um, like your own gigs and staying till the end, which surprisingly enough, local bands never seem oh, to do we, always we get, gets one go well we get the real life rock stars part of it uh, to quote our own name dropped it in there um, is that we uh, for example will be leaving this festival on Saturday night mm. after we've done all of the duty including our photographer getting the first three songs of the headlining band and it's so that I have time to get home to an internet connection and launch everything that we've got here but we're still here for the rest of the time um, and still making sure that we you know, sort of show the love and have the conversations with people that mean that we're not just here for ourselves we are here to help and yeah, do other things and we get to see some bands yeah, yeah surprisingly <laughs> enough a bonus yeah. how many did you see at download this year i okay new record <laughs> two bands at download oh this wow year. trivium and slipknot both on the same day you, you don't count the three tracks you saw of um behemoth for lunch because no, i was lunch. finding food <laughs> yeah that was, food was the more important thing there wasn't it yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, the uh, like you say, it's um, a ground level thing, and there is to play as much. Go to other people's that are happening in your area, and go to every local club yeah. night that you can find, because it, um, people are like, oh, well, I don't want to go and be a salesman. It's like, no, there's a difference between yeah. going and being a salesman and going and being part of the industry as a member of a band. So there's nothing wrong with going and being a salesman because you're not just in a band, but you're already even at the early stage, you're in a, you're trying to build a brand as well. A business. You're, you're, you're building a product. You're building. You know, like, it's not just, you know, music that you're writing and trying to get out there, but, like, you know, the good bands I see who are good from the start, they already have well-designed merch. They already have a sort of, you know, they're starting to build that look, even just a local name, and you get that by playing with people. You get that by, you know, when you're first starting out, one of the first best ways to, you know, even get a small tour is just go to other bands in other local areas and, like, you know, gig swaps. other regions and do gig swaps. And you do that by getting to know people. And you don't do that by going, oh, I'm not going to go to Bloodstock because we're a metalcore band. It's like, you, you can't pigeonhole yourselves, especially from the off. It's, it's not helping anyone. Is there, a, is there a prerequisite that you look at when you're deciding to take a band on? Say a band come to you, they're quote-unquote locally famous, where they can play you mm. know, their town, the next town over, and sell out. They're branching out regionally. Mm. Is, do you look at them and go, right, so they're selling out their locals, they're playing some regional stuff, mm. the odd thing in London or Manchester where they can travel for a day yep. and they've also got X amount on social media following and, yeah. and things like that. Do you, do you need to look at all that before taking the band on or can they just come to you and go, look, we've got this product, there's our poster, our yeah. artwork, our merch, our tour dates and everything, promote us and get us a, a billion likes on YouTube and that kind of thing. Do you want to take this one first? <laughs> <laughs> we like to set hard yeah. questions here. Um, <laughs> what do we look for? Um, first and foremost, I know it sounds quite trite, but good music. If the music is good enough, you know, it's, it, it's, it's rare, but if the music is exceptional enough, we will drop anything and be like, yeah, you are good enough that we can't not have you. But generally, um, yeah, it's going back to the Swishers idea of like you, you're getting a sense that a band is already quite on it. So, that, you know, they, they talk to you the right way in email, for example. They already are, 
you know, their pitch to us is already quite, you know, it does use their own initiative and it's basically saying, these are things we are already assuming you might need from us, so here it is in this email. You wouldn't believe the amount of emails we get just being like, do you want to listen to us? And it's like, we don't have time to chase you up. We get the, new, the same thing. Yeah. It, no, exactly. All right, mate, here's our, here's our uh, YouTube link to our new video. Play it on your show, so I know everyone's yeah. going to love it. It's like, yeah. right. I, I had it's a brilliant one yesterday. Um, it's a um, new friend request. I got, I got a nice personal message, but yeah. it's like, you know, I've been listening to the show for the two years. I understand that you may be involved. Well, then you haven't wow. been listening to my show for two years wow. where I've talked every week on it. Yeah. You know? Even, even the shows that you're not in the studio, you phone in. <laughs> not, yeah. not phone in as in you're not yeah, you're literally on the telephone. It's like, yeah. do, do your basic homework. But um, otherwise, yeah, um, bands that are already, like, showing to us that they are going and doing things. So, like, Driven. You know, yeah, yeah. Even if it's local shows, but, the, you know, being able to already say, like, you know, we've done X, Y, Z. And, you know, all it needs is maybe a couple of moments of, like, us realizing that a they're on it and b that it's stuff that we can then pitch on yeah. so like oh they've already gone and done a show with like i don't know behemoth great that's cool even if it's just you know they were the open abandoned at the you know local show when behemoth just needed a local open up whatever that's a good start imagine um, even if they on your cv exactly it is literally it's brand cv building it's not, it's like, not complicated. When, when i was djing it's like yeah i'd be the opening one playing from like to the security guards yeah. and the barmaids <laughs> But, like, uh, yeah, but you like can I've say that you've done it. I, yeah, I've, I've warmed up for X, Y, and Z. And it's yeah. like, oh my God, yeah, yeah. Like, I was Judge George's support DJ when he was the height of his fame on radio. Incredible. Those kind of Incredible. things. Incredible. Yeah. Last year, me and Dan went and played the biggest club in Ibiza. Yes, I remember that. I was like, yeah, okay, so it, yeah. it wasn't what Ibiza's known for. But yeah, but it's smoke, and, smoke and mirrors, yeah, isn't it? That's exactly it. It's yeah. spin doctoring. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so I imagine that the, the golden rule of what you're saying is initiative over entitlement. Oh yeah! Oh, absolutely. Like, um, no one likes them. Be, like, be yeah. happy to provide loads of information, even maybe a wish list of where you would like to try and mm. play, who you would like to try and play with, maybe. Mm. Um, but um, arrogance is nobody's friend. So the flip side of that is, and I'm really glad uh, we're having this conversation, and it's given me a vehicle to say this. <laughs> My Lay it on us. Everyone, be quiet. Yeah. Here we go. Drum roll. Drum roll. My number one rule. You know this is going. My number one rule. Um, Probably in, in life, but prof especially professionally, is as simple as know your place. Yeah. So that can be your, I don't know, you're a band who's doing well now. You might be selling out, I don't know, Underworld, you know, that's 500 cap. You're doing really well. Still doesn't mean you're going to headline download anytime soon. You can't have a, you can't have the level of entitlement that you might believe you have. Or you're a band who's just starting off, you're playing to 10 people. You again, you can have a certain amount of entitlement because you know you might have written a great album or whatever, but you can't already think, oh well, why why haven't we got this feature? We deserve that. It's like, well, you might have been, you know, might, might be putting out a really good record, but you have to have a certain amount of perspective. Know your place in relation to everything else that's going on, and then that keeps coming back to like this idea of bands with initiatives, of bands that are going and networking and building that scene and knowing people around them, which means that they invariably do know their place a bit. Yeah, and. As a result, should they not be absolute dickheads, there'll be people that will want to give back a little bit as well. So they don't have that sense of entitlement or, you know, diva attitude. They actually are, they're still hardworking and still grateful. And, you know, you hear stories of, like, massive bands still being lovely people to work with and still working hard because they know that, like, A, they've had to earn that place and B, like, even though they might be top of the tree, they still have a general awareness of where they are in the order of things. We, we, we found that with, like, we interview a huge festival, say like Reading or uh, Download, and some of the American bands that come over and like the audience are like, oh, the hell is that band? 
on at like two o'clock in the afternoon. They should be like right up there kind of headline. And it's like the bands love playing that from the States, we find uh, love playing those kind of af lunchtime afternoon things because they still get, I'd say a download in, they can still get 40,000 people in front of them, which is what a headliner would get in a festival in the States because the festivals over there are slightly smaller. It's, it's the, you know, there, there is no, there, there can be entitlement, but when they come into it over here, they kind of like, we're never going to get that over back home. So why, why don't we play the two o'clock slot in the afternoon? We know yeah. we're going to get the biggest audience we play to, and it's not going to be the biggest audience of the day because of the, the size of the venues and things. But I can completely understand what you're getting at there. Yeah, and also kind of like tying into that, um, a thank you goes a really long way. Politeness, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't believe how many times, you know, we'll email bands or managers or labels or whatever and say, we've got you this amazing bit of coverage and you don't even get a thank you from them. And it's just like... Well, we actually get the same thing. Is yeah. um, There's so many presenters out there that don't thank um, you guys for sorting us out interviews. Um, and then uh, for us, we're just worried uh, sometimes we're a bit overly English because we thank, apologise and say please every single time, <laughs> you know? Um, but that... I just call everybody lovely on your emails and <laughs> you're winning. Hello, lovely. <laughs> but it, it's Hope a weird thing great. that we, uh, we realised a while back because um, we were saying this at Download this year is uh, we're now starting to get the title of longest standing independent radio show mm. because we realized that it's about three years difference between us and the next one we sometimes get the title of old yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a heritage <laughs> I'm up there with legacy yeah yeah I'm up there with anthrax <laughs> um, but somebody like we're just yesterday somebody was asking us as they did it down there because we often get people that are starting out and you know we tell them well we've been here for 10 years and they're mm. like how uh, how how have you managed to stay? It's like well, one, there's two of us, which makes things really easy. So one, when one of us is flagging, the other one will share the load. Yeah. yeah, but we had a set of rules that we designed quite early on. Is that we were vaguely known as the nice guys from Devon uh, mm. whilst we were starting out and getting used to yeah. being in the industry, and they were like, well, let's actually be the nice guys from Devon. Let's set a tone that yeah. we don't stab people in the back. We don't do controversial interviews. Instead. Yeah. We say please, thank you, charge everybody's phone. Let's face it, it's a small enough scene anyway. Like entitlement and arrogance and just generally not being nice people, it gets known very quickly. I was going to say, you don't know what group chat you'll end up in later that day. Because exactly. this came out on one of the other podcasts. Is, um, at certain levels within the industry, there's only, well, we know pretty much every presenter there is in the UK at the moment, mm. at least by name, if not by association. And I'm sure you guys have a working relationship with every PR yeah. Yeah. Um, above, below, and the same level as you. Yeah, basically. Um, Bands don't always stay with the same PR, so you've got to be interactive with the other yeah. other uh, PRs. It's the same as us being radio presenters, getting on with other radio presenters. It's yeah. like we're all interviewing the same bands at the end of the day to try and ele elevate them to mm. be able to be the best yeah. band they can be. Kind exactly, of exactly. Um, another one which, um, from when we vaguely worked with a band in a PR that we uh, realised as well, is, um, and you guys... Uh, like it when a band can know and play to their strengths. Mm. So if you have a neurotic person that's really good with numbers, mm. make them the accountant of the band. Don't yeah. make them the face of the Facebook. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Um, yeah. And it doesn't matter. Uh, one thing that we love is when um, we see bands where the front man isn't the face of social media because he's not the most comfortable, mm. but the, I don't know, clown of a drummer is mm. the one that constantly talks online because he's the one that can keep up the content. Mm. Uh, would you say that uh, you've seen any hints and tips that um, help with that um, any mm. duties which 
it might be good to say to the band member that's not comfortable being on social media or something like that, things that are always worth doing, even if you're just liking responses. We all know, though, that the lead singer doesn't do the get-in. No, no. <laughs> yeah, lead singers do nothing. <laughs> um, I think, uh, well, just in terms of the workload that we might assign them, um, I think it's quite important for most band members in any particular band to be visible. Yep. So I, I try and encourage them all to do interviews, for example. But I know that, say, you know, certain band members are only, kind of paradoxically, only comfortable talking when they actually sit down and have a really long chat because yep. they have to get into it. Yep. And then other band members will be like, yeah, sure, I'll answer like you know the, those 26 one-liner questions. Says that, um, then you have band members I guess who are a bit more outgoing so they can be bands you know especially if you're self-managing they can be the bands who actually you know the, the band members who go and talk to people and just yeah. and just I guess it's a bit like being the face of the band but within the industry mm. um, and then you know you might have a drummer who in his spare time is a wicked artist so he can come up with a band logo and all that different that um, but uh, yeah there's no need to have everyone on social media representing the band for example yeah like just pick one or two people you know the two funniest guys for example if you're uh, trying to be a funny band the the two that are most comfortable talking with each other because yeah. it's uh, the uh, funny thing that we got um sort of asked um after the podcast launch because uh, it's just launched at the point that we're recording this mm. and um so they're like do you guys practice at all to be really good podcasts it's just like no but if you spend 10 years trying not to mm. talk over each other on air you kind of get used to uh, doing interviews together um, without ever realizing <laughs> that you do. Yeah. Um, but we part of the reason that we did this was actually the compliments that we had for um, our ability to mm. just go on camera or go on air and talk and be yeah, funny. Just because spiel, Because yeah. we rely, um, and again, we've made mistakes over the years. We've done stuff that isn't funny, that was cringeworthy. And, um, but again, now it's just something funny that we'll reblog against each other on our personal mm -hmm. networks to embarrass the other one yeah. for something that happened years ago. This is kind of growing into yourselves, I guess, isn't it? And I'd say that um, those mistakes is what made us funnier, mm. made us better at being able to do it. And we had a, a run on the show for about two years where uh, we had thrown off uh, any sort of guest presenters that we had had and all that, and then spent largely the time trying to trip each other up as much as possible <laughs> uh, so and we were grinding the um, actual talky bit to a halt at points as the Brilliant. other person's brains just failed um, off of something you said but it was because we were struggling in boisterous interviews with people that were doing that because we were still mm. sort of question answer question answer question answer so we decided to make it the radio show where we really challenged each other and like some and we still do it now is there would just be like a pregnant pause as one of us says something it's like what are you going yeah. on about? <laughs> Where is this leading? Yeah. Um, but it made us better. So if, if you don't have a good person at social media in the band, yeah. try. Like, yeah. see what works. Because you may find that you thinking that you're really awkward and uncomfortable. I mean, I, my shout out to Frank Carter again is he clearly does not like doing Facebook Live videos. Yeah. But they've become something of um, awesomeness because mm. he doesn't like doing them. And he sits there all annoyed going, well, I've been told by my label I need to promote this. Yeah, exactly. You can always, I guess, face something with a particular attitude. Like, um, you know, bands might prefer one form of social media over another. So there might be a band member who is fine on Facebook, but it's terrible at Twitter because it just doesn't really get it or doesn't, you know, isn't on it enough to be responsive. Um, but then they might grow into it and they might, you know, they might have this sort of spin it positively so that even though they kind of hate it they they obviously hate it actually it can work out 
quite well. It's a necessary evil. It's a necessary. <laughs> yeah, I think you have to recognise that. Viral as well. Yeah, like, and we've uh, done similar. Part of another thing that we did to push ourselves to be more confident was do the selfie competition a couple mm. of years at Download, where who can you actually get the confidence to go and uh, be cringeworthy with? <laughs> um, and what it meant was this year we. I won with iced tea. I got That's Maria Brink, so and I nearly got um, punched by her security. Um, <laughs> so. Um, it would have been even better if her security was iced tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but the interesting thing that we found is that uh, when something really works, you do actually get that buzz of, oh wait, that's actually gone viral, that's actually worked. Um, and one of them was the, the launch of this podcast is we've been planning it for a year. We understand how bands feel when you put together a product that mm -hmm. at the start you're super excited about, really confident, and then by the end of it you're like, I have thought about nothing else for 12 months. Yeah. I have no idea if anybody's going to like this anymore. <laughs> um, and then we got a massive buzz off of uh, people responding to it, some of the private messages that people got as well. Um, you guys being like super up for coming on yeah. as well was another confirmation that we might be doing something in the right direction. Um, and it's a, the interesting uh, thing that we have found is because, you know, we're good at different social media, but we'll keep it uh, uh, private as to which uh, ones are um, run by who on the show. Because even though I may be good at, say, Instagram, Mike's come up with something that has worked far better than the basic level of interaction I can get. Yeah. Um, and it's been fun because on those times I'm feeling really tapped out on whatever I'm doing at the time. Mike will come along and just go, well, I'll run it for a bit. I'll, I'll yeah. see what I can do. Um, and suddenly you're like, oh, I'm actually having fun getting a response off of people. Um, sometimes it's just training. Um, so for any band that's out there wondering, is there are hints and tips, I imagine you guys, as part of being the PR, will just sit there and go, well, no, I've worked with tons of bands. If you want to do this, it's this, this, and this, and almost template some of the startup practices, not doing it for them, just if they're struggling to get to that place where they are showing initiative, they're like, well, I take loads of really awesome photos, but how does it work? I'm guessing, you prefer bands to actually ask you how to use their content or whether it's any good because even if you turn down three ideas it may lead to one great one that wasn't there before yeah definitely like you know i'd much rather a band you know send me an email that takes 30 seconds to reply to than than not and then make a mistake or you know post something too early or whatever you know um so yeah like yeah you've just gotta play to your strengths play to your strengths and um yeah like if you do have questions like don't be afraid to ask them um, I've got a question. Okay. We haven't name-checked any of the bands that you work with, so I'm going to name-check one and ask how, how it all came about. How does a band as mysterious as Sleep Token keep their mystery and still get as popular as they do real quickly when no one knows who the members are? You've obviously mm. come up with some sort of package and idea to work around the entire mm. band. And what they're on to their what second or third year now, still mm. no one really knows who they are. They write amazing music. Mm. It's good for the rumours because, you know, there's like... Sam Smith was rumoured as a lead singer. Was like, well, Who's to say he isn't? It, well, exactly, but how, how do you go about promoting a band that is really yeah. mysterious? Because well, you had a band that downloaded, uh, uh, beginning with B... Um, uh, yeah, Batushka. Yeah, yeah. They, they were also like shrouded yeah. in... Uh, Anonymity is, yeah. yeah, it's one of the most fun things. Well, on that note, and I think that's kind of, it illustrates that point, we don't work with Sleep Token anymore, because Sleep Token are now signed, so they have a new PR, but... So behind, I'm no, so no, 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 no. But <laughs> it's a very, it's a very good question because yeah, we well predominantly, yeah, predominantly Hannah. We worked with Sleep Token for the first two EPs, I think it was, yes. um, and 
Yeah, the music is obviously brilliant. I think it's less important now, the whole mass anonymity thing for that band, but I think it was a big part of the interest, at least at the very beginning. Um, but I think the real kind of catalyst was the fact that there was the initial core fan base was very intensely within the tech metal scene, even though they're oh, not a tech yeah. metal band. Um, and I think uh, one of the early sort of helping hands managers and commas um, of the band, he was you know a, a tech fest. He was a known person in the tech fest world. Um, and it was just I think word of mouth and people and then it started spreading and spreading and they are now very well managed and they don't really do a huge amount and I think that's the key you know they, they've done one headline show ever and that was the um, the St Pancras Church show and it sold out in about 30 seconds because it's a small venue it's a cool venue it looks good for them yeah um, so I think it was just recognizing where their fan base was and building on that word of mouth but um, they also had um, yeah. something that you mentioned earlier which was the defined um, idea behind them is they knew what they wanted Sleep Token to look like which um, even if that means they give you a bit of a harder time going so we don't want our identity revealed we don't want to be social media sort of chatty as it were um, but we yeah <laughs> but we want to do this is at least then you guys know what you're working with you know that they d not to spend time trying to get them uh, convinced to do press or anything like that you can concentrate and I imagine that's what you meant about if there is a defined idea, it does actually make your lives a bit easier. Yeah, definitely. You know, it was challenging but fun because you do have to think a bit outside the box when yeah. you're working with a band who won't do press or can't do press. Um, so yeah, like they're a really good band to work with, um, and we came up with some cool ideas. Um, and yeah, it's it's great to see you know how much they have grown. Yeah. in this short space of time like they're doing great and you know really happy for them does that challenge your creativity then I'm guessing like being a PR you need to have some sort of creativity along the sort of same lines as being a music director videos mu writing music that kind of thing it's still a creative industry even though it's, it's PR I guess yeah I mean like you know there are various like certain things that you know you can just get as standard you know for every band but you know it's you especially, Mike, you're quite good at coming up with uh, cool and crazy ideas for features. and. Yeah, I think there are so many bands now, and I think journalists are, to an extent, struggling with the, the sheer weight of numbers of how many bands um, there are. I can say from my perspective, because yeah. um, I felt it yesterday doing interviews, is I had to check with a band that... I knew, yeah. they knew me, and I was like, have you done anything recently? And yeah. they kind of looked at me and went, to explain, I've done probably 40 interviews in the last two months. Yeah. I just can't, I can't yeah. hold stuff in my so head anymore. Yeah. yeah, so I've seen over the last few years, like, the rate of response on just getting straightforward album reviews, as an example, um, the number of average reviews you'd get on a campaign is, is going down. Yeah. Just because there are more bands, more competition, and fewer outlets. And as a result, I think it's it's so much more valuable to get maybe one or two really cool features than say twenty reviews, yeah. because people can go and listen to the album themselves and decide. But if you can get one good think piece, and I, I love the idea of doing opinion pieces. So say I don't know some like I don't know sexist old rocker comes out with a sexist old rock opinion, get someone younger and who has something to say to respond to that, get it online, and it will get a, it'll get a whole a whole ton of responses, and it will that that's valuable because that's putting out a good opinion 
a vital opinion and it's also you know it's getting the band's name out there more than just oh they wrote a good album listen to it because I think it's it's quite rare these days to write such a good album review that people actually go and listen to it on its own without seeing the band in other contexts that's that's kind of what we do with our our interviews on our show it's like you've got your print magazines and those that will get those questions out that people want to know about that mm. you know where did you record how was the writing process yeah we asked that but we want to know about the actual person and that's what i think generates more traffic for Ultimately, us is that yeah. we're talking to the artist not as a fanboy girl kind I of thing as, a, as the band we're we're talking to them as like you're a dude in a band and yeah. i like dudes and bands i, I think that's have what, a chat about life and stuff yeah i think that's what music press has always really been founded on like sure you, you have this sense of you know they've written a good album but it's it's you know get to know the people behind the album that's it people want to find out people want to feel like they know matt bellamy or you know or <laughs> f- yeah or I to, yeah. Well, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> seriously i was at, I was at college yeah, yeah. I was at, um, is he as weird as he comes then, across when I, was, when I was about 19 20-ish he was the first lesson we had yeah. uh, um it was a sound engineering course brilliant and, and he turned up in a bright orange like RNLI puffer jacket thing that was like a huge hood that they used to put on the life jacket type things. Wow. That would go all the way down to his ankles. He just walked in and sat next to me and went, all right, that's it. Okay, I thought, imagine, I thought I was weird. Imagine yeah. he wasn't a famous musician, but still the same. I wonder where he'd be now. Um, he what? would still be walking. He would probably still be walking. <laughs> well, the thing really? was, um, he was, he was um, convinced. Um, even back then, Mike's told me he'd had this vision and yeah. nothing yep. was going to sway him. Literally, I, I can remember th- them uh, in uh, playing in Exeter Cavern as a support band uh, to, I don't know, some kind of punky type band mm. that they always have down at the Cavern Club. Kudos, hats off to the Cavern, <laughs> love the place. Um, and I was just sat chatting to him because I got a, car, uh, a lift up from college. Yeah. Literally, like, we drove up in the back of uh, Matt Bellamy's own Volvo 440. That Brilliant. I love this story. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> And in the in the conversation, in, I was literally like, "So where's the band going to go?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, well, I've got the vision of like having these huge white balls bouncing across the audience, yeah, like yeah. in the Prisoner." Two years later, they're playing like O2 size venues, 200 yeah. cap, and they're doing that. And then, then he was like, "Oh yeah, and when we play, when on Muse uh, headline Reading, we're going to have all these like electrical buzz things, kind of like Metropolis in the as the backdrop." Five seven years later, the headlining Reading, mm. and what they got these electrical coils going it's, down the stage. Yeah. But he had that vision when he was like eighteen or nineteen, and he had it all mapped out. So it is remarkable how few bands I think think like that these days, or oh, maybe completely. not even these days, but like I'd say the vast majority of bands. And I, I guess that's the natural law of things because if every band thought like that, then every band would I guess would have more of a chance, and then you can't have every band get big. Um, well, also there was that um, phase for a while where bands were throwing everything into just two or three years thinking that was going to be it i mean doesn't happen anymore no it's kind no. of like almost asking encapsulate uh, alexandria encapsulated that attitude where they threw everything at the wall straight away mm. and then had to almost double down and work out how they were going to make the yeah. business into a sustainable while she sleeps style outfit because mm. uh, they did follow that business model of going wait we are popular enough to bring everything in house yeah. that's it once you get over that We've made it as a band, you know, we've had some articles written in Kerrang or Hammer or whatever. It's then about, well, the dream was always to be in a band and go on tour. How do we sustain the dream? Because we absolutely love it. And that's that's the next level where yeah. I guess you, you, you can nurture bands. Yeah, PR I think that's that one of the biggest challenges is so we can ensure that a band gets attention around the album and we can make sure we have a working relationship with the band following that. But I think the biggest challenge is to make sure there isn't too much of a drop-off 
significantly after the album and there always will be that's fine that's how this works because you release the album people talk about the album and you can't sustain that for another six months down the line on its own back unless you uh, come out and say metal's stale or something like that (laughs) yeah exactly unless you start generating your own you know your own stuff and um, yeah uh, nurturing a band beyond that stage I think is one of the more challenging aspects and I think it's I keep coming back to the idea of building small but passionate and very flexible teams around every band so you don't sometimes you don't need a manager sometimes you don't need I don't know you don't it's these days sometimes don't need a booking agent for a band at a certain size but if you have a certain amount of personnel maybe three or four really passionate people who go above and beyond for the band and you just kind of think in terms of six to twelve months to eighteen months patterns then yeah I think you could be onto a good path you know release a good album get good attention announce a good tour do something else that's cool you know I don't know maybe release a couple of covers do another tour boom album two how, how does that, how does that work nowadays because a lot of bands we've noticed maybe mm. in like the last two or three years they'll, they'll announce they've got an album out and say it's, it's coming out uh, in June mm. April you've got a single comes out mm. May you'll have a single out and just before the album comes out you've got a single out then the album comes out and then it just dies off they don't release another single whereas mm. I remember when I first started, you'd get one single out and it would be like, well, you have to buy the album now to see if what the rest of the album's going to be like. Yeah. This is a taster. And then you'd buy the album, then you'd have a couple of singles because they could judge which were the most popular ones, which yep. you would have thought nowadays, you get instant analytics off like Spotify and stuff. You drop an album, you can see which territories have got the popular tunes, mm. release that as a single. But that doesn't seem to happen anymore. Is that, have you noticed that with the bands that you work with, that they are asking for that kind of model? Or is this something that the industry has in, introduced in the last couple of years to try and I think get I, that hype out there? I think it is a big... Um, I think it's one of the effects of streaming as well. Okay. You release an album, suddenly the album is, is there. So immediately you can yeah. do the whole thing so releasing a single after that if a single any single after that feels a bit kind of less legitimate because it's already you know it's already up there and you can just click a button and, and listen to it well we've um, noticed with some people there they don't release singles so much as check a look uh, take a look at the music video we've put together yeah. for yeah because then it's content um, and you're getting the interpretation of the track because uh, yeah. it was like a storm of download said that mm. it was the feedback they had I think in Japan mm. um, that made them want to serve up the single that they had yeah because they had ideas for a music video for most tracks on there mm. but uh, going on tour the album gave them an idea which ones that they wanted to mm. promote and another one which i like is i prevail they dropped the entire album yeah but hurricane was the one which they decided to tell the story with yeah it's it, yeah there's it, more point to it then it's a very interesting question i think yeah it, for me it is a big part of how listening consumption is changing is effect it, it is affecting how the industry works now um we are name dropping one band. We work with a wicked band called Of Allies from yes, yeah, heard of them. Yep. from Hull. Played them. We, yeah. we played them on yeah. our show. I wonder why. Uh, PR must be really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they, they're a very. I think they're a very interesting band because they're a very 2019 band. Their success is predominantly on Spotify. They have ridiculous streaming figures. You know, we're talking yeah. millions, millions, millions. Really. They're an unsigned independent band from Hull. There, there, there isn't much for scene for them to latch onto, so they find, you know, they're still at the stage where they're, you know, looking for gigs and getting out there. But because they have recognised their success in that particular direction, their their way of releasing things has changed. So, you know, there is an album coming at some point, but right now it's just let's release a single, let's release a single, get, you know, build our Spotify stats and just kind of build awareness that way. And and because Spotify is a useful tool for being able to yeah, analyse where your listeners are and mm. what their demographic is, um, you know, it's just leading to a run of, you know, multi- you know, more multiple singles than we would have had before. 
And I think that's absolutely fine. You know, you can be a band who just releases like that, or you can be a band that surprise drops an album, or you can be a band that never does videos. It's just, I think we are blessed these days because there are so many different ways to listen to music, access it, and yep. it's quite instantaneous most of the time. Um, and the scenes are becoming smaller, but also more niche, which means that you can dominate a small niche and then be fine. Um, yeah, if, you, if you understand what being fine is for you, it, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a millionaire, but you can dominate a small niche and have a successful band. I, I do believe that, if you recognize what your strengths are and place those strengths. Well, I found uh, I'm on the streaming one as well. It's quite interesting because um, it was issues we were talking to a little while back and they put together a set that was basically a Spotify streaming statistics set. Yep. Um, and then they're like, we did that for two nights until we completely scrapped that entire set list. Yeah. And he went, it's really difficult in an interview to, uh, you know, the enemy, um, which was me, um, <laughs> saying about this. He's like, um, but I want people to understand. He's like, we're not trying to say that, oh, we know better than the streaming statistics. He's like, but we have played this music for so long he's like we we wanted to see whether spotify translated he's like and it, it was so weird that he mm. didn't um and i was like so what happened is like we ended up with a set which was far more what we're used to is where we sit down we discussed it yeah we put it together um and so there's a, even down to what gets played live is being ruled a little bit by spotify yeah. but uh, some bands are finding that still they know their own music yeah. live better well that's it you, you can get a band and they're they have the amazing tunes for set but their most popular tune could be the most slowest melancholy thing uh, and it's more because people sat at home and they're chilling out listening to it and when they want to go and see them as a band they want those like punch in the face kind of tracks and if you go on what spotify said you going to a gig expecting you know demosh yeah. and all of a sudden you're coming out with a love in and it's just like oh, i didn't pay my overpriced ticket price for uh mm. for this kind of thing so yeah it's, it's finding that balance isn't it really yeah it's it's so interesting like how different people li listen to music in different ways and well, we we um me and mike are about 10 years apart ourselves mm. um and he's, we he's the older one obviously. <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't gonna um, say anything <laughs> But Lucky it's not on camera. This <laughs> yeah, we've. Uh, <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> we have found uh, that we listen to things different ways. Like mm. half the time, so Mike will watch generally the industry uh, sort of uh, videos that mm. are getting noticed. I still haven't watched either Ramstein video because. Oh, you should. I know I should. You but should. I also get. You, you need an evening for that first one. Yeah. You need to watch it about three times. I get. It's only I get about put nine off. Nine minutes long. Yeah. I get put off by hype, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. But also, I'm the one that watches um, sort of videos that Mike still hasn't seen, mm. if that makes sense, because my uh, we run the same YouTube channel, but I think uh, YouTube actually recognises whether it's my phone logged in or Mike's, yeah, yeah. and we get yeah, served we'll up different recommends. Um, and on that, like we we've been able to introduce each other to some quite interesting stuff mm. um, just from the age difference between the two of us yeah um, and it's why we've uh, for a long time decided that we're not gonna sort of go the youth don't know what they're talking about in fact it's people that again are 10 years younger than me because I am the, the youth, the one, youth. Michael. yeah um, the youth they, they rule everything so they're the ones that are, are spending the money paying the tickets they're paying the tickets and always the ones have that can get destroyed at a festival for three days and mm. Unlike me, can then you know, bounce back up. Yeah, yeah. I have to go home. I'm and not rest. at that stage anymore. Oh, um, I'm, I'm old. I'm too old. Mosh now. retirement. Yeah, yeah mosh yeah. retirement. 
I get or at least mosh hiatus. Yeah. <laughs> mosh indefinite hiatus. If, if hate breeder TBC. in town, yeah. Hate in town, I, I accidentally always on purpose yeah. throw down. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, Cheeky two-step. It is the thing. That's a good band name. <laughs> but the thing which gets me is that, um, you know, the, um, the, the needs to have everything perfect as well these days when it comes to like a lineup or... Like I say to um, people, I, I I consider a band one of my favourites if most of their albums I like about 65% or more of the tracks. Um, mm. Because even, and I've told him to his face, um, even Matt Heafy, uh, one of my favourite writers out there, mm. I only like about 65 to 75% of what he's released because it's impossible to like the rest of it. He's like, I actually believe you that you're a fan because yeah. you're not saying you like everything I've there ever There are released. very few perfect albums, fully perfect albums, I think. I think... Yeah, I think I probably have about 10 to 20 albums that I love so much that I wouldn't Don't get me wrong, skip. some of those will be released by the same band, so oh, yeah. some heavy hitters for me are Killswitch and Bullet and Asking. I like most of the albums that they release. Yeah. A couple of weaker tracks. I actually discovered myself a new favourite recently because I realised they were smashing into the 95% of the album I liked, and that was Imminence. Mm, um, good band. Their yeah. re- most recent album, but they yeah. again did a really sensible thing with it, is they took all the pre-album or the intermediate tracks that they had released and dotted them throughout the album really yeah. well. So you um, got all of the singles that... It's like building good th- flow, isn't it? Well, it's like two yeah. years, I think, that they've been dropping singles for before they released this album. Um, but also the interaction that they had as um, well mm. is absolutely fantastic. Um, and uh, part of the reason I like it so much is because um, it was one of the ones that I discovered through the show. Mm. Mike um, was like... I wonder who it was that serviced us that. Yeah. Can't remember. I don't think was that was it, us. Was it one that, I think it might have been one which we just discovered the band. They are, they are quite an internet-y band. Yeah. Yeah, I well think they, they're quite big online. Um, I know, because I knew of them through YouTube on one of yeah. the tracks, but the one that we got served to the show, Mike played it. It was one of those where I refused to talk to him after about 30 seconds, because I was like, no, I just want to listen to this. This yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Uh, normally it's Killswitch that does that. Yeah. Um, but... It was uh, incredible because of that um, internet um, sort of feed where their one track yeah. had um, hooked me in before. Um, by the time that uh, we got served, no, we got served the second single as well because Saturated Soul was something that we got sent. Um, and I can't remember who. Um, mostly because we do get sent quite a lot of tracks. Um, so many. But so much music out there. Yeah. yeah. But that strategy worked really well for them because they were internet-y, they did good music videos they also I think have that whole market because they're one of the few bands of their genre in Sweden because that's where they're from Uh, to the point where um, we were saying that they could take all Swedish bands almost out for a lineup Mm. and you would have In Flames um, what was the one that did We Are Swedish Rock the other day Winterfall or something Hammerfall. Hammerfall. Oh, yeah. And Imminence all out on one lineup, and that's almost every heavy band that's known mm. from uh, Sweden. With one exception. With one. Which one well, of them? They're not really heavy, are they, Normandy? Well, if you go back to the EP. There we go. Which there we I, go. Which I True do in every here. single interview to annoy Phil Strand, because I think it's funny as hell. Um, and I keep telling him that in the next album there needs to be a metalcore deep cut. Mm. Um, mostly because it's still largely the same lineup of uh, band. Yeah, and probably. I would love them to, and I've told them as well they need to do another um, Ingus with uh, the sustained vocals because I was like, Phil, you're just, you're too good. Mm. 
to, to be kept back. Um, and he was like, it's weird that you, you give me such a hard time in interviews. So I was like, well, I got really it's disappointed a useful in challenge. the second <laughs> I was honest with him. I got disappointed in the second album because I thought his voice was one of the more incredible out there. Mm. But that is for band lineup from Sweden. That it's um, a very solid bill. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd go see that. I, I would too, um, yeah. and probably annoy every single person there. If you book them, they will come. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're getting we're getting to the, the We've had a good chat. Yeah, a good yeah, yeah. Is there is there any other points that maybe floating Ooh. around in your brain? Whilst as you say, you got a vehicle to get it out. Yeah, I, I, well, I think we we did get a bit distracted actually. But on terms of the timing thing, um, oh yes, which. <laughs> I don't think enough bands know. <laughs> um, yeah, so the stuff we do for print, we need lots of time okay, before. Yep. Give us as much time as possible. Eight to 12 weeks. Um, online, you can be more reactive because online is effectively, space-wise, it's limitless. You know, so you, yeah. you, you don't have to rush as much. So six, six weeks. Singles, we'd be looking at, what, two to three weeks prior? Yeah. Yeah, because you know, especially for radio, you can bounce them around quite quickly. It's that singles and sort of the the really interesting content. So say it's not a single, mm. but they've done a cool cover. Yeah, that sort of. I thing. mean, they they can be sprinkled sprinkled throughout any campaign, but within a particular time frame of a band saying we want to release a single, we would say okay, let's do it three weeks from now. Okay, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, yeah, I, th- I I just think. I think it's quite hard for bands to hear, but they they they, they do need to hear like. You might have written an album, be sitting on it for a year, and then you'll come to us and we'll say, "Yeah, but you still need to wait three months." Yeah. You know, I know, I know, bands create, you know, great albums, and the albums become like their their babies, and they they just want it, you know, they just want to drop it, they want everyone to hear it because they've been sitting on it for so long. But and they're, they're getting that boredom like thing we talked about as well, where yeah. they've lived it for so long. But the way to adequately sort of manage that is, I imagine you would prefer a band mid-recording, mm. six months away from when they think they'll be able to release. Yeah starting the conversation with exactly you. yeah l- large-scale thinking flexible, you know you can check yeah. in every month to go are you keeping to the deadline Has and that shows that they're keen on us as well yeah. instead of just going oh shit we've, we've we've written an album who are we gonna talk to about it yeah it's it's building that team and i think that's one of the most important things yeah and you know bands have to remember it's not just about you know their music like you know we work with lots of other bands so we have to make sure that we know it's not too busy a period for us we also need to like prep before we start pitching as well, which takes a bit of time. Um, so there's lots of things to consider. You know, there are certain times of the year that it is really competitive to release records. So you know, if you're if you're a smaller band, you know, maybe you should release in a quieter period. That sort of thing as well. So there's lots to think about. Um, and I imagine that um, you guys would prefer somebody to have an informal conversation without engaging, say, the services to know that they're doing it at the right time with you. So if a band's listening to this, for example, and they are beyond three months away but within the year of wanting to release something you probably wouldn't mind a conversation because then absolutely um, always welcome a coffee and if it doesn't work for you guys as well this is the thing which I, um, I would love every band to know is that the PR game is so small that you know we've seen you guys pass stuff to other PRs because you're like well actually this works for them far better we can't put you on the books necessarily yeah. um, because it's not as much of a competition yeah, as absolutely. it is a community absolutely um, oh that's a good line I've been That's rapping it now line. for four years. Yeah. Um, I got very angry at Hammerfest a while back um, and shouted at Mike for about 40 minutes on a coast yeah. um, up there. And he's like, well, we do have a platform. Yeah. Uh, so every interview from that point onwards, we say community, not competition. Yep. It's very um, important. No, I, I, I fully, fully believe in that. This well, scene is small enough it's anyway. It's worked. And we're still here. And yeah, yeah. Like we, it's the main thing that we've promoted alongside running our radio show. It's like I say, we... 
my at present in his bag, which is next to me, has two four gang plug boards, which we're not going to use for ourselves. I got three in this. Well, one mm-hmm. one for us, two for everybody else. Yeah. Um, and it's always been entertaining. I mean, even download this year, I was, uh, well, in a little bit of a property dispute with, shall we say, the Nationals. Mm. Um, and the way which I managed to do it is, I was like, you do realize that you don't have enough plugs to run your stuff. They're like, yeah. right? I was like, but I do. Yeah. There we go. And <laughs> we traded space for power and it worked because yeah. we all do have to work together exactly community not competition yeah yeah. I think this is quite a good point to like, yeah, the, the stage closest to us has literally just started yeah. I think they're, they're a band that we'll probably go and catch a bit of yeah so, yeah. well honestly guys like, no, thank, thank, you. thank you so it's much that was amazing and we'll probably yeah. actually do a follow up uh, please we're writing down feedback of these sorts of ones and offering out the discussion to people yeah so there may be questions that come from this Absolutely. that we'll yeah. address you we're, we're always here you know where we are and yeah. um we'll uh press techno festivals yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and uh, for every anybody listening festival. rather than making these guys go through every single one of their contact details to get a hold of them for the informal chat or the main thing yeah. everything will be in the bio um that this launches with so that you can contact them and have the informal discussion sounds good, that we talking sounds about. good. yeah Fantastic. we welcome it all right Thank you very much. Yes, thank you for having us. Yay! It's been lovely. Bye. Real Life Rockstars Podcast. Fuck off, boss! (laughs) (laughs) Shh! Try to record a podcast. And we're back. So that was uh, (laughs) Old Time PR. Good conversation. Lots to take hold of. I've got three points which I want to just go back over. um, Three points? Three, three fucking points. Slap it. Ooh, not on the FM. Use the F-bomb. <laughs> I know. It's, do you notice that we're still not used to not being FM uh, presenters? I still say the F-bomb instead of uh, ducking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> FM radio DJs. So I just want to cover one of my favourite points in this um, is know your place. <laughs> know your place. Yeah, meant, boy. Know your place. But meant with none of that. Like, no aggression is just... Guys, we love confidence we, we love ambition and we love drive but you're not selling out the o2 in three months no um but you could and that that was the the underlying point to the know your place thing is if you know where you are at right now and where you want prob- to be and where you want to be you'll probably get there don't let stuff go to your head because um, honestly we've been interviewing uh, bands for 12 years mm. the the guys that have lasted, the ones that are top, and the ones that we have seen ascend are all the ones that never, like, never sort of get entitled, basically. And there are, arrogant. there we, are bands that we have been interviewing pretty much every year for the 12 years of our radio show. Yeah. We started interviewing when they didn't really have PRs, and people like Hannah and Matt were giving them the leg up. So, yeah. you know, it does pay to pay attention to... Uh, you know your PR basically they're the ones that can guide you you might think you know social media savvy and stuff but do you know the music industry social media savvies and stuff like that it's it's a lot different to just posting on your uh, Facebook oh we've got a gig coming up it's it's brutal points as we always do as Mm -hmm. I seem to notice in the conclusion is when we make the most brutal points of uh, the podcast that's just on everything (laughs) also guys if you are locally or regionally famous you have to listen to the guys that manage the nationally famous and they're mm. gonna know shit you don't. Like, I'm not having a go, it's just standard. Like me and Mike have always said is we 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 don't necessarily know what's through the door of uh, you know, going up to the next stage of uh, radio because we have always been a self managing model on the stations that we've been on. 
but that's why we're going and finding out and having fun and sort of always progressing what we do. Mm-hmm. Know your place, know what you do. And like, if you're locally famous, brilliant, because there is a place for that. Yes. Gig swapping is one of those things. If you're regionally famous, so you're a bit bigger than um, sort of just the one or two hometowns, you know, you've got like a corner of England, brilliant. Know how to use it. But if you want to get those crowds in and you want to get the help and support, know your place and listen to people because they're there to help you. You're paying them. Mm. Get the most out of them. They want you to get the most out of them. Like, concentrate on the music, man. Yeah. Let someone else do the PR and the booking and stuff. Just concentrate on the music. And as they say, <laughs> they, don't, they, they don't want to take your identity away. This is a theme very much that was left over from our therapy one as well, where they're saying... You know, they what, our most popular podcast yet? Yes. Um, <laughs> is to not let the um, sort of yeah, the money men tell you what you are going to be if you don't want to be it. That's fine. As, yeah, stay as, grounded and basically isn't it yeah and that's was shown with this is as these guys said is if you want to be a socially heavy content driven uh, band and you've got the ability to do it and you're funny and you know that's what you want your band product to be they'll help you but also if you want to be a not a gimmick but because uh, a gimmick cheapens it but um something that does mean that you have a very different pr campaign as in, mentioned about Sleep Token. Exactly. A comp- band completely shrouded in... Uh, mystery. Mystery. That's and even even as soon as we turned off the recording with uh, Matt and Hannah, I went up to Matt to go and I was like, come on, it's like we've known each other for so long, you can trust us. Who's the singer of Sleep Token? He's like, nope. <laughs> I was like, yeah. so in my eyes, it's Sam Smith, the pop star. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and this is the thing is, you treat your PRs with respect. Look at what that is. They're not even represented by them anymore, but they love them so much and they've worked with them for so long that they keep their uh, mouth shut and protect mm. the brand. These are the people that you really want to get on side with nothing more than talking with respect. Yeah. And I'm not having a go at anybody. There's no sort of names in my mind thinking, all right, I'm going to uh, suddenly name and shame this band that did it wrong. We've all been there, like, you know, me and Mike have uh, been doing this for 12 years. At points, you know, we've uh, sort of approached people and they're like, you know, you know what, wrong, wrong way to do that, but do it this way and uh, we'll see what we can do for you. Now, some of those people that we may have approached badly 10 years ago are some of the people we work with the most closely. Yeah. Because everybody makes mistakes, you know? Um, so that was my big one. Um, however, I love the drilling down of three months um, minimum contact time before you want to um, mm. launch. Do not get bands, do not get yourself to the point of having the product ready and expect to launch it and you know start putting stuff up on social media and then hire a PR a week before it happens. Whilst you're writing your EP, you know who your producer is or you know how you're mixing it, that's the point that you contact PR. Dribble them demos, they're, they're, they're used to, by the way, working with bands that are recording uh, demos and EP and not, not final mixes. They're gonna, they're gonna work with you like contact them early on takes the pressure off as well takes the absolute pressure off yeah three months at least minimum at least and that leads me into my final uh, big thing which i really like that uh, these guys uh, um, sort of said you know actually come at us is the informal chat is if you don't know whether you're three months away if you don't know like what you need to do to get up to the standard that they can work with you on then contact them, contact your PRs that are out there, find out what they do, because if they're worth working with, they'll they'll talk to you back. If you just get like a blanket response, this is uh, what you do, then you know that that's not the PR that you want to be working with. Well, it's like Emma said in episode two, mm. which you can go back and listen to any time. Um, 
she says know know your PR as well. You know, yeah. if if you're for instance a black metal uh, band and you've got an album and EP, you've got a, you've got your three month plan, but you go after, you go to the wrong PR with it that really don't know that kind of niche market. Yeah. Unless you're a black metal band that you know wants to branch out to try and become a lot more popular than you are, then really know your place. Oh. <laughs> Not in a bad way, but. With rock and metal, uh, an alternative enough, it's so fragmented and splintered into multi-genres that you can be the biggest name in a certain genre, but if you try and deviate into another one, you might not get accepted, so you've got to know exactly what your audience is and who, the, who you're going after. Well, just to give you guys an idea of um, why just contacting one PR with respect, um, and don't get me wrong, uh, like uh, Emma... Um, said is do try and find out the PR do look at the uh, booking but if you happen to contact the wrong one they'll probably help you go to the right one because I was going to say it's not like um, you know uh, both Emma, Hannah and Matt all sort of talked to each other about mm. the fact that they had done our podcast with us because it was fun to talk about PR stuff and uh, because they know each other they do all PRs know each other. There's probably, as we said before, a group chat <laughs> or a couple of group chats that they all sit in um, where they they talk about stuff there, there is actually that link between Hannah and uh, Matt and Emma and her, her not because I saw a, I'm pretty sure I saw a picture of them all going out for pizza. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, and they are all friends. <laughs> and we we also all podcast as well, I believe. Yeah. Um. So there's and like we're there's the crossovers with uh, podcasting as well. In fact, um, definite shout out to Straight Out of Popcorn. We'd love to come on and talk about nerdy Marvel movies and stuff like that with you. Just just saying. Um, if 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 I'm ever allowed on the the, the Skype stream, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is probably not going to happen, um, but my point being is that they these guys know each other. And again, to give you an example of how not to do things, is some guy reviewed my social uh, media profile on Facebook this week, right? Um, and uh, we got a friend request. I accepted because it looked like a band member, and I was like, okay, fair enough. And then <laughs> immediately, and I mean immediately um, got a Spotify link. So I'm not even kidding about the way this went down. I just went, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, simple, I'm not being rude, just no. Yeah. Um, and then the guy went, oh, sorry, so, um, I thought from uh, the look of your uh, bio uh, that you were a promoter. And uh, So then he got a couple of paragraphs because I was feeling nice. And I just went, no, buddy, I'm actually a, a director of a radio station. I am run I've been running a radio show for 12 years and I do a podcast. I was like, I'm probably the right person to speak to on this. I was like, but if you like the look of my profile, just say hey to me and find out what I do rather than sending me a link that I'm never going to open and listen to and go, oh, these guys are great. Sell me you. Yeah, sell, yeah. sell me your product. Tell me why I should pay attention. I was like, as it happens, I was like, I'm in a good mood. So here's the link to um, submit your full press pack to to see uh, to be considered for airplay. Feel free to mention the fact that you've spoken to me on Facebook so that we know when it comes through from the band email. Gave him, like I say, a couple of paragraphs. Completely ignored. And she's like, buddy. It's loss. Yeah. I'm, I'm the person that you like wanted to speak to on that front is if you're looking to just spam people with social media link um, or sorry Spotify links then are, are you really wanting to do it the right way are you do you, do you care enough I'm like all I'm asking you is to treat me like a human being not <laughs> not anything else talk to me and like I say is if you know you're at a point of uh, not being able to do that then you know I'll point you in the right direction. I, like, if you're needing a producer and you go, actually, I'm looking to put together a band or looking to put together a tour, who can I gig share with? 
I'll point you towards On The House if you're looking to find other bands of the same genre that are all unsigned. Mm. I'll give you the bands I know in other cities that are currently putting up on Facebook the same thing as the reason I accepted you is I try and tag bands when I see gig uh, swaps available. I try and tag bands so that they've got that accessibility. If you treat me like a human being, I'll treat you like one back. Shout out to the guy who was friends with today on Facebook where um, yeah, we were talking about it. He's like, well, we would be uh, launching new music. He's like, but I did an epic stage jump and the picture looks great, but I broke my ankle doing it. Oh, <laughs> but like real nice conversation, just <laughs> treating each other like human beings. And he was like, oh, am I, I going to check out the show? I was like, I wasn't even asking you to. He's like, no, no. He's, he's got like, a lot of time with his hands now. Well, that's for <laughs> true. That's up. for true. But this is the thing is you, you talk like normal human beings to each other. And as we've said in previous ones, knowing your place is going, I don't know you, Dan, but you look like somebody that might um, you know, <laughs> be worth talking to about promotion and about this sort of stuff. Yes, you've got that face you really have. Yeah, so that, that's an all right conversation to be having with us. Like, you know, if you send a friend request and immediately go, your profile looks really interesting, I'm in this, I do this. Talk to me real. I'm, I understand what I do, you know. I, I know that I, I have an interesting looking profile. I don't want your Spotify links without even a hello. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's literally it. I'm not asking for much. Go back and listen to our press kit podcast. Yeah, um, and <laughs> to be honest, I, I will move mountains for you if by the time that you contact us, you've listened to, what, one or two radio shows and one of, just one of our podcasts to find out whether we're the right thing for you. Good God, we would uh, throw everything that we had at you uh, like, to help promote you because you've done exactly what helps us so much is go and listen to what we do, go and uh, found out whether it's right for you. P perfect. Like, literally perfect. And those guys that do that, so shout out to Not So Righteous, brilliant. Shout out to us, uh, Flames Rise as well. People that looked into the product first before they contacted the show. And it changes your communication style, people, and it's brilliant. As Dr. Cox said, help us, help you, help, help us, us, help you. <laughs> Should be the mantra of this podcast. <laughs> it's what you start chanting after drinking your fireball, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> help me to help someone help me. Oh no, that's something else. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say normally, and I, I have the last uh, rant I did about all this sort of stuff uh, meant that we ended up with the community not competition thing, <laughs> um, and uh, that eventually bred this podcast. Um, so yeah, maybe I should rant now. Get real drunk on fireball and just start shouting. Um, we, we, you should drink it responsibly, Daniel. Uh, yeah, that is me drinking it responsibly. Um, Help me finish this bottle. Help me finish this bottle. <laughs> so, um, just to dangle uh, sort of uh, the one that we're doing next. Next one's actually a bit of a sad podcast, isn't it? The next one we have planned. <laughs> I guess, of sorts. <laughs> like, we love the people involved, but we were hoping that at the point of recording the podcast things were going to resolve a little bit differently. We're currently working with the people that we've got on the next one. They've definitely got an interesting story to tell. And we're getting a, a bit of a conclusion. So it's going to be two parts in one, um, with a, not a huge amount from us so that we can get both parts out. Um, but yeah, this is, this is going to be an interesting... Uh, You'll just have to tune in yeah. next time. So keep sharing and liking and However, listening to this, this one and all of our past ones. And on past ones, if you go back to the first one, there are um, links to this one as well, uh, because we talk about the same thing. So, mm. It's uh, all, all interlocked and intermingling. <laughs> intermingling? Yes, man. Um, so yeah, thank you for listening to us waffle um, at microphones um, for a while. It's been really fun. Just a real life rock stars podcast. Cast, 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 cast.
fueled by Fireball Cinnamon Whiskey. Which I, can, the night. which I can smell on Dan's breath now, so I'm going to force him to go brush his teeth. Until next time. Toodle-biesies. Toodles. <laughs>